This is the Rookie Big Board Senior Bowl Preview Episode for the running back position. I am back with my co-host, John Lobb, the Gridiron Scholar. We're going to be running through the eight running backs invited to the 2023 Reese Senior Bowl. We're going to talk a little bit about what it means to be invited to the Senior Bowl and specifically to the running back position. We are just shy of one month until Mobile where our top senior eligible draft prospects descend to Mobile, Alabama, and will see their draft stock oftentimes rise. So we are identifying eight players here that could be on the rise over the next few months. We'll dig into an overview of each one of these prospects and talk about specifically what they can do during the Senior Bowl week to rise their draft stock. John, Back at it here. This is the prelude to our rookie profile series for the 2023 season. And I know you're ready to think about specifically how these running backs will make an impact for the senior bowl. Matt, it's a pleasure to join you for the third year in a row. You and I are doing the senior bowl preview. This is my 10th year doing the scholar study sheets on footballdiehards.com. So it's a decade now. And I wanted to say, the Senior Bowl matters. Since 2018, Matt, these are the players who have popped up on the radar at the Senior Bowl. Rashad Penny coming out of San Diego State. Now, if you love college football like I did, he was a 2,000-yard rusher, but he began to pop. Tony Pollard of Memphis in 2019. I'll never forget Antonio Gibson's meteoric rise oh, yeah. in 2019 from wide receiver transitioning to running back from Memphis. And then the big 2021 map, Ramadre Stevenson, Michael Carter, and Khalil Herbert all arrived at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. And last year, Matt, I rewatched our show. We had loved Rashad White, and we had discussed Damian Pierce as a very intriguing prospect. All of those players have been fantasy relevant. The Senior Bowl matters, and we're going to break down the top eight, This all the running backs this year. And John knew this year the, the cheat sheets that John uses, all the notes for the Senior Bowl profiles are available as part of the rookie big board, in addition to the over 125 total prospects ranked right now, all of that available at patreon.com slash rookie big board for just $3 a month and 15% off now with an annual membership folks. It's rookie draft season. If you are not in now, you are behind. Let's get into our first running back here. Chase Brown. What I love about the Senior Bowl, John, is it gives an opportunity for some of these guys that are just productive, go in week in, week out, don't necessarily put up all the highlights, but just grind and produce. They're recognized by the NFL front offices 
they're invited into Mobile, and there they get the opportunity to really stand out and shine. And I think Chase Brown has the potential amongst all the running backs to get the credit he deserves. He won't rise in my rankings, John, for Mobile, because he is already a borderline top five running back for me. I like Chase Brown a lot. What are you thinking here of this big back from Illinois? Matt, I've been very impressed with this young man this year. He played for Coach Brett Belima, who was the former coach at Wisconsin and Arkansas. And you know exactly what Belima's system is going to do is run the football. Chase Brown was the offense this year. Look at it, Matt. 40% dominated rating of the yards from scrimmage for the Illini. My model absolutely loves that. Also, he has NFL size according to the Illini website. He's 5'11", 205. Matt, I hope he reports in that magical 200-pound category because that's going to be a big difference in my book. But I do think he's going to report it over 200. He played for Western Michigan in 2018 in the MAC, and he transferred to Illinois. In the summer, it wasn't completely sure if he was going to get the starting job, but some injuries opened the door for him. And Matt, he took complete advantage of it. He has back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, 1,005 and 1,653 last year. This year, 10 of 12 games, Matt, he had over 100 yards rushing. He had a season high of 199 versus Indiana. He is a true bell cow. He had 10 times he earned more than 20 carries in a game. He had a season best 41 against Minnesota. I believe the NFL is going to be really intrigued with his pass catching chops. 27 receptions for 240 yards and three touchdowns. And Matt, he's a three down back. Look at that. 21 career touchdowns, 58 receptions. But let me say this to the viewers. Watch the film. He might be the best pass catcher at the Senior Bowl. Highest in my rankings. And Matt, he is not a dump-off guy. Watch the tape. He's doing wheel routes 20 yards down the field and catching passes from Tommy DeVito in Brett Bellina's system. This young man is a true three-down back. I love him as a pass catcher. He's up there. His numbers and his skill set are NFL quality. John, as we go through this here, I'm going to try to identify specific elements of the Senior Bowl here as I hear them in our conversation. And I want to go back here. You mentioned the the weigh-in, and that is going to be critical. One of the big pieces of Mobile is that we get official heights and weights of these guys. Leading up to this, we're going off of what their university lists. Now, depending on the position and the player, they might list them uh Uh, taller than they actually are (laughs) and heavier than they actually are. And so for a running back, we want to see that magical 195 plus. If they're 195 plus, statistically speaking, they have a better chance of sticking in the NFL. I think NFL front offices really want to see backs closer to that 215 number. I don't think Chase Brown is going to get there, but there's going to be enough for me that he is currently projected as a late day two selection. I like Chase Brown a lot. 
You alluded to his pass-catching ability, John. I like his pass-catching ability, but he's not my highest-rated pass-catcher <laughs> because for a lot of folks, that's going to be uh, Kenny McIntosh, the running back out of Georgia here. And every year we have a Georgia standout running back, and McIntosh may not have that uh, stereotypical production that you like to see, but it's the story of the Georgia running back, John. They never have big numbers, but he has the ability to be a really big producer. I love his explosiveness off the line of scrimmage. He's a scrappy runner. He fights in between the tackles, but as I'm sure you're going to discuss as well, he's got good hands. It gives versatility here. And at the senior bowl, where you don't always get to be as physical in running back drills, your handwork can really stand out. McIntosh, it's amazing the quality of talent in the Georgia backfield. Last year, Zamir White and James Cook were on the team, both drafted in and just finished their NFL rookie seasons with the Raiders and the Bills. And here we are, Kenny McIntosh for the Bulldogs. Matt, I do agree. I think he's more James Cook than Zamir White. And he, pro you know, it's so close to him and Chase Brown as far as pass catching is concerned. I think they have the better coaches. They have a better scheme at Georgia. So he definitely benefits from that. And he can run the football from the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I definitely. do think he's probably a rotational back in the NFL. I'm not convinced he's a foundational bell cow. 6'1", 210 pounds. He's got the size a four-star prospect in high school. He is a terrific pass catcher. But Matt, look at those yards dominator. His highest was this year with 1,285. Now he still has the championship game on Monday night. We're recording that before the Monday night contents, contest against TCU. But that was only 18.5% of the Bulldogs offense. But he did average 5.7 yards per carry, 75 receptions. Considering the depth of the talent at Georgia, that is a really impressive number. So he is a great pass catcher. I think the NFL is going to love him. And I would not be surprised to see him drafted before Chase Brown. Yeah, John. And one quick note here for folks. Again, if you're not familiar with the Senior Bowl, we're not handpicking running backs to talk about here. We're talking about all eight that were invited. If you're confused why we started with Chase Brown and Kenny McIntosh and not names like Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs, you need to have actually graduated and be uh, a senior in college, right? That senior bull, and at times a junior if you've graduated to be eligible for that invite. So guys like Bijan, Evans, Jameer Gibbs, uh, they did not finish uh, their their full you know undergraduate degree, and so they're not able to be invited specifically to the Senior Bowl. So I just wanted to make that note here before we go on to Bijan Robinson's backfield mate. Roshan Johnson here, John. And I hate that I did it, but everybody's going to do it. They're always going to introduce Roshan Johnson as B. John Robinson's backmate. But he's so much more than that, John. I do think he's going to share a backfield in the NFL as well. But he shares it with power, with contact balance. He's a great short yardage back. And he's a guy that could end up sniping a lot of red zone opportunities for maybe a different running back on your fantasy football roster. Johnson, to me, has the ability to sneak into the back end of day two. And if he does, and by the way, when I say day two, that's rounds two and three of the NFL draft. And if he does, John, he's going to end up with that round, that late round two rookie ADP. 
he's certainly somebody that's going to be on your radar and is going to be a, a key part of those mid rounds of your rookie drafts. Matt, I will never forget Rashawn Johnson because I had Bijan Robinson so much on my fantasy teams in the last two years. And it seemed like Roshan Johnson sniped him at the goal line or really important carry so many times. And to understand this prospect, he was a four-star recruit and the number six dual threat quarterback in the nation by 24-7 sports in 2018. Yes. Repeat that, John. Repeat that. What was that? Dual threat quarterback? He was a dual threat quarterback, everyone. And he enrolls at Texas early in January of 2019. He was an All-American quarterback in high school, but he transitions to the running back position. Matt, I think the NFL is going to like him a lot more than the Twitter community because when you plug in his numbers, they're not going to pop off in the production models or your prospect model. But look at that size. 6'2", 222 pounds. And more importantly, Matt, he might blow people away at the combine. He was number 26 on Bruce Feldman's freaks list this summer as an athlete. He might go there and put up incredible numbers. He's the eighth all-time leading rusher at Texas. And Matt, you have to go back to the film of his freshman year to see how this young man has become a better running back. And believe it or not, his most productive season on campus was as a freshman. He had 649 yards rushing, 23 catches for 158 yards, and he scored eight times. He was two times the Big 12 newcomer of the week as a freshman for the Longhorns. But guess what happened, folks? Bijan Robinson enrolls. He shows up on campus. And basically, Roshan becomes a second stringer. And you know what I give this credit, this young man credit for, Matt? He stayed on the Longhorns. If he wanted to transfer out and he wanted 250 carries with the program, Matt, I could probably name 40 teams off the top of my head who would have welcomed him in last summer, but he stayed with the Longhorns. Five times in his career, he had over 100 yards rushing. He had a career-best 31 carries for 179 yards against Kansas State in 2021. But I question, is he a true bell cop? Only three times in his career he had over 20 carries, but we know why. So the yards dominator is nice, but not overly impressive at 13.3%. But put it in good context, he might, he was playing alongside one of the best running back prospects of the last decade. I think the NFL likes him a ton, Matt. You can play him at Wildcat. You can throw option passes with this young man. And he's a better pass catcher than people think. And I like him. He's explosive. Can't wait for the combine to see the numbers on this young man. All right, John, as we transition here to our next player, I'm going to categorize this as a different tier. Now, although I like this next running back just as much as the first three we've talked about, I think the consensus here is those first three guys are in their own tier. And now we're going to start to dig a little bit deeper. But I 
love Eric Gray. Folks know that have been listening to this channel, that have been tuned into the Rookie Big Board Discord, have been taking my Devi inside here for a while. We've just been waiting for that breakout season from Eric Gray, who started off at the University of Tennessee, former three-time Mr. Tennessee Award winner, the first player to do that in Tennessee high school history. Transfers to Oklahoma. It looks like heading into 2021, he dominates the spring game. It looks like he's going to be the dude, and it just doesn't happen. Right. But when does it happen? It happens this year, John, the quietest, the quietest 1300 yard rushing season I've ever seen. And you even said it before we jumped on the show. You said, I really wanted to stop watching Oklahoma. But when you dig into the Eric Gray film, it's good. He's explosive off the line of scrimmage. He's shifty in tight space. And he's a better pass catcher than he's given credit for. 33 receptions this year for Oklahoma. And he played in a very boring Tennessee offense. It was not this Josh Heupel offense. But when Jeremy Pruitt asked him to catch the ball, he was explosive then as well. He's going to have to measure in in a good spot. I think he will. And I think he has the ability to slide into that round two or three conversation, although a safe projection for Gray right now is the top of day three, which is round four. Matt, I agree with you. I have a day three grade in him on him, and I think he's a fourth-round pick right now. It seems like I was too early for my man crush on Eric Gray. You and I... <laughs> You and I recorded a Debbie show on Eric Gray after his freshman season at Tennessee, and I was so bullish on him coming to Oklahoma. But 2021 was a down year. And I was like, was I wrong? Did I miss something? But Matt, I didn't want to watch a lot of Oklahoma this year. They weren't the most exciting Big 12 team and. I was in, in I love Texas and obviously TCU. You know, we had Kansas State. So I watched a lot of it. And then as I broke down the film over the last month, he really impressed me even more. The numbers are there and I love the film. Part of it, Matt, they transitioned from a Lincoln Riley offense. And then he had also, like you mentioned, he played at a very boring Tennessee Volunteers. In this Brett Venables offense, the new head coach, what I saw was he learned how to run between the tackles. He ran, in my opinion, more NFL pounding between the tackles, follow your guards, follow your fullback or your H-back through the hole. He also, Matt, I thought he showed more toughness this year than he ever did at Tennessee or Oklahoma. I thought he was a space player at Tennessee and Oklahoma. What I saw this year on tape was a tough, determined runner. Now, that is Venables, and I'm sure he challenged the young man, and he came through. And then I look, 5'10", 210 pounds, Matt. That is nice NFL size. He doesn't have a lot of upper body. He has some wiggle, so you don't see him take punishing hits. It's an underrated skill for longevity. Do Can you kind of wiggle out of those big hits at the NFL? Eric Gray has it. You mentioned the 1,311 yards rushing, but most impressively in my book, he had 43 catches this year for 369 yards. Matt, look at that, 99 career receptions. Now, I don't think he's good of a pass catcher as Chase Brown and Kenny McIntosh. 
but he can be productive for you in the passing game. They also might not have used him on wheel routes. Let's see if they use him on the on the at the um senior bowl. What do they have him running? You know, again, systems and film don't always show what a young man can do. So Eric Gray could rise as a pass catcher, but the raw numbers are there. What I liked him about more, Matt, look at that yards dominated. He proved to me this year he had 28.1% of the offense of the Oklahoma Sooners. That's incredibly impressive. He was so good this year, he went over 100 yards rushing eight times, and he set a season-high 211 versus West Virginia. If Eric Gray gets into the third round, that means the NFL likes him a lot, Matt. Then you're looking at a real nice second-round dynasty draft pick if you wait on running backs. I like Eric Gray. Hope he gets to day two in the NFL draft. Probably nobody is heading into Mobile at the running back position hotter right now than Tajay Spears coming off of a ridiculous scene, or I'm sorry, Sugar Bowl performance here where he torched the USC defense. Now, when you watch Tajay Spears tape, you find somebody who bursts off the line of scrimmage, displays the ability to shoot into that second level. He has great lateral speed. He can beat linebackers to the edge. And if you watch throughout the season, I mean, he tears up American Athletic Conference defenders. This is going to be an opportunity for Spears to show up play big, physically big, because that size is going to be a question mark coming in at 5'11", 195. And let's see how he can hold up against power five defenders. When we talk about opportunities at the senior bowl, this is one of the big ones, group of five players, FCS players. John, when we talk about quarterbacks, we're going to talk about a division two player. (laughs) How can these guys play up against larger competition? It was one of the reasons Christian Watson at the wide receiver position had such a rise last year, because when he was put in one-on-one situations, which is a little easier at wide receiver, we'll get into that during that preview episode, he was able to hold up against higher level competition. That's going to be the question here for Tajay Spears, but he has an opportunity to go right now from a guy who's probably at the back end of fantasy football radar, maybe a a mid-fourth round pick to all the way to the back end of the second round, early third round rookie fantasy football selection. Matt, everyone knows my love affair with the American Athletic Conference, but I've learned to temper my expectations because I've started to remember two years ago, I did the difference of a power five, the group of five. The numbers the don't look great. It would, And the percentage of having a top 24 fantasy season. And I'm in the, in the process of updating that research right now for our viewers and for um, our, the Twitter universe. I want Tajay Spears to get drafted on day two, but I do have a day three grade and I have loved watching this young man play. Matt, he is awesome. He's explosive. He's a home run hitter. He's the best green wave prospect since Matt Forte in 2008. And yes, people, I remember watching Matt Forte in 2008 at Tulane. So there's a guy who made the jump. And I don't even think they were in the American Athletic Conference in 2008. I don't think that conference existed yet at that time. And Matt Forte made it to the NFL. How good is Tajay Spears? He's the fifth all-time leading rusher at Tulane. He recorded his first 1,500-yard season this year. On only 229 carries, Matt, he averaged 6.9 yards a carry. 
He established a career high with 22 catches for 256 yards, averaging 11.6 yards per reception. He finished the season eclipse in 2021, two years ago. He started to jump on the radar of college fantasy football fans like myself. In four of the last five games, he eclipsed 100 yards rushing, including a career best 264 versus Memphis. So he ends up in 2021 on a massive hot streak. In 2022, Matt, nine times over 100 yards, and he concluded his career with eight consecutive 100-yard rushing games. And in the Cotton Bowl against USC, 205 yards rushing and four touchdowns, two red flags. The ACL injury in 2020, what do the medicals show on that? It looks like he's healthy, but we need the long-term prognosis from the medical doctors. And is he 195? Matt, I think that is so important that he keeps at least 195. I'm excited for this young man, and I agree with you. If he goes down to Mobile, Mobile and he has a great week, Tajay Spears could really jump up boards. Folks, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like this video. Make sure you're subscribed. Drop a comment. Let me know about the players that you're interested in hearing about, either at the running back position or for the rest of the Senior Bowl preview. Evan Hole is our next guy up, John. And I'm going to call another tier break here in terms of NFL draft capital. Now, these last couple guys that we're going to be talking about are going to be right on the edge here of what we would call senior bowl draft capital. Now, the senior bowl tries to invite players that are going to be drafted in the top five rounds, right? And so here with our next our next couple guys, those are going to be the guys for me that are more on that borderline, maybe late fifth round, early sixth round. And Evan Hole is one of them. Evan Hole, the running back out of Northwestern, 5'11", 210 pounds. I want to like Evan Hole, right? When I watch him play, I see a guy who puts his head down. He takes what the defense gives him. He's a patient runner. Uh, and he'll take the gap when it's given to him. He displays good contact balance, and he's willing to push a pile of defenders. I think Evan Hole can be a guy that hangs around the NFL for a while, has spurts of fantasy football relevancy. It's hard for me to profile him into a consistent production role, right? But we know that when you get to the end of a fantasy football season, we know we need these depth pieces. And so Evan Hole could be a guy whose name we're staying, you know, in a fantasy context here, you know, three, four years down the line is still a relevant guy. Hey, I won a dynasty championship with Elijah Elijah McGuire from Louisiana Tech when he had a great game. So anyone in in fantasy football could be given an opportunity. And Matt and I DM'd about Evan Hull about, I don't know, two weeks ago. And Matt said the best thing. He's a jack of all trades, master of none. And when I was watching the tape, my thought process is, where does he dominate? You know yeah. what, Matt? You said it better than me. He's good at everything, but there's not a trump card that he has. It's not speed, it's not power, it's not vision, it's not elusiveness. They're all good. He He's probably a fifth back slash special teamer. He does give you some rotational expertise, like maybe a Rex Burkhead type player. I think Rex Burkhead was probably better than Evan Hull. He is going to be given a shot. And Matt, here's where film makes a difference in my book. 
You look at his raw numbers, 94 receptions, you might be impressed. Matt, it's dump-offs. It's screen passes. It's mm-hmm. check downs. Like, there were times where he literally ran four yards between the guard and the center and turned around and sat down in the linebacker. Or he's the third check down on the third option. He's not running wheel routes. He's not explosive in space. He's not catching the ball in motion, like with his hands, like in full motion. He's a nice pass catcher. He's a nice player, but he's not in that upper echelon. 94 receptions can be misleading. I don't even put him in the same bucket as the young men we spoke about earlier. Now, he does have a 1,000-yard season on his resume. This year, he was impressive. He he had only 913 yards rushing, but five games over 100 yards. More importantly, he had 55 receptions for 546 yards. But, Matt, that's because Northwestern couldn't move the ball with their wide receivers or tight end. He got so many checkdowns and dump-offs. I like Evan Hull. I'm not sure what type of fantasy asset he could be in the long run. Next guy up here is Christopher Rodriguez Jr., the running back out of Kentucky. John, this is one where the skill set isn't the best to be highlighted at the Senior Bowl. So the Senior Bowl, really, it's all about the practice during the during the week. That's individual drills. You get to see players uh, really show off their athleticism. Uh, in, in some positions, the drills help kind of uh, show off a little bit more. The running backs, it can be challenging, especially physical running backs, because Christopher Rodriguez doesn't get to smash guys at 100% all week, which is really what he does best. He shoots the A-gap well, he's physical, he's tenacious, he has good contact balance, and he's able to grind yards, push piles of SEC defenders forward. And let's be honest, John, when, when he's on the field, he's been the Kentucky off over the oh, last yeah. couple of seasons and that's saying something because for some reason we're still hyping up a different player on his offense as a potential top 10 overall draft pick right but it really has been the christopher rodriguez show so it'll be interesting to see you know how his skill set is elevated at mobile i do think he's a fun player to watch in somebody who again is going to have an nfl presence over the next couple seasons you put a grinder in there Right, a guy who's just going to smash out yards, and if the if the guy in front of him on the depth chart goes down with injury, misses a week or two, you never know what's going to happen. Matt, we have to learn that different coaches value different traits and backs. Last year, I wasn't overly impressed with Tyler Algier, but in the Falcon system, Tyler Algier got a thousand yards rushing. I think Chris Rodriguez is very similar. 5'11", 224 pounds, and you mentioned it. He's a grinder. But he is in the SEC. Coaches and scouting departments are going to be eh, mesmerized by that size and speed. I think he's fast. I don't think he's going to test off the charts or anything. But there is a role for him in the NFL. I have a fourth round grade, a day three. But if you want a physical back, you want a big back who can run between the tackles. If you're looking for a complimentary back, Chris Rodriguez is your guy, I think. And my friends, watch the tape from 2021 and 2022. He was much more impressive two years ago. But there were some off-the-field challenges, and he was he did not play in the first four games this year. 
But when he did return to the field this year, he played well. And last year, he had a 26% dominator rating. I like Chris Rodriguez. Let's see what the NFL says about him. But hey, Tyler Algier proved me wrong. Chris Rodriguez could also. This is an interesting one, John. We're going to finish up here with the eighth running back. It's on our list. Cameron Peoples out of App State. This is one where it's really important from a fantasy context. You have to listen to what the NFL is telling you, right? And I mentioned it earlier. The Senior Bowl takes input from NFL front offices. Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, takes calls from NFL scouting departments and asks them which players they want to see. And so those NFL front offices have highlighted Cameron Peoples over some other running backs that draft Twitter has been hyping up a lot more. So we need to take this opportunity to hone in on Cameron Peoples and see what the NFL is looking at that we're not seeing watching him live. He's certainly been productive at App State, and he's certainly been fun to watch. It's difficult to project, John, a a key elite trait like we were talking about Uh earlier. But he does get off the line of scrimmage well. He does attack the hole. And you'll see. I mean, what's nice about uh, his tape is for a group of five uh, team here with App State, he's gone up against UNC this year. He's gone up against Texas A&M. And you can see he doesn't overpower them, but he doesn't get pushed back by them either. He holds his ground. He's tenacious, good contact balance. And what I think the NFL might like about him, John, which is something you can pick up on this week, he's a good pass protector it's not flashy for fantasy football but it will make it will help you make a roster and it'll get you on the field yeah i agree with your pass protection now he's not a very impressive pass catcher no no you're gonna keep up right next to your quarterback <laughs> with only 11 career receptions and i don't think he has very soft hands or route running chops but i do agree he could line up with your quarterback and he could take on the blitz at 6'2", 225, and anchor. Go back to his 2020 season when Appalachian State was a better football team. The program has not been as good the past two years, and his numbers have kind of fallen a little bit with the program. But he had 1,124 yards rushing and 12 touchdowns, averaging 6.7 yards per carry. In the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Matt, that year, He had 317 yards and five touchdowns, which was a bowl record. Subsequently, just this year, Frank Gore Jr. broke with with over 520 yards rushing. So he no longer has the record. But I will say the NFL will be interested in him because of his size and physicality. My question is, what is the athletic ability and the odds of making it from a group of five program with if he shows up at just average athletic ability for a running back is going to be challenging, but he has some dots to cross some, you know, he has some milestones to cross in the draft process process, but the NFL is telling us that they're interested in Cameron Peoples. 
Folks, we are just shy of a month until the Senior Bowl. We have wide receiver previews, quarterbacks, tight ends. We're going to be talking about every player invited into the Senior Bowl. You can see the full player profile, write-up, draft projection, fantasy football projection, ranking of all of these guys on this episode and beyond at patreon.com slash rookie big board. Again, just $3 a month. It is rookie draft season, folks. You're going to want to be in on it. And guess what? After the Senior Bowl previews, it's the best time of the year. It's rookie profile season. We appreciate you being along here for us. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite provider, make sure you're subscribed. And as always, thanks for checking out this episode of The Rookie Big Board.